this was a team I thought that our fan base could really get behind and be proud of. Welcome into the Scarlet Shootaround podcast, following the beat of Husker basketball. Here are your hosts, Blake and Mike. Nebraska flexes its strength at home, building momentum with a 75-69 win over a very good Northwestern team. Hello, everybody, and welcome again into the Scarlet Shootaround podcast. My name is Blake, here with co-host Mike. And Mike, what a nice win for the Huskers here after a couple tough road losses. The Huskers clean up their woes, lick their wounds, and get a nice win at home here against the Wildcats. Much, much needed win. It is um, always like I like I say, it's always easier to do these after a win. It is enjoyable to see Husker Bras- Husker basketball Twitter do a complete 180 over the course of you know between the, the Rutgers game and this game. So uh, we were the worst team in Division One basketball, but now we are tournament bound. So uh, just part of the roller coaster ride that these next six or so weeks will be. Uh, just so buckle in and and hopefully uh, it ends up as a as a good ride. And Mike, there's a lot to talk about in this one, both um, exciting-wise, maybe not so exciting-wise, good things, bad things. But let's start it off with the guy that really stole the show, especially in the first half, Josiah Alec. Goes for 15-5-2, goes 4-5 of from the field, hits seven of his eight free throw attempts. And Mike, he stepped up big time in the absence of Gary, and he made sure to find mismatches and call for the ball anytime that he had that opportunity. Hell of a job by him getting a, getting the start, yeah, in, in replace for Juwan, so... Yeah, very, very impressive. I know when, you know, Northwestern came out with their starters, um, they had four four guards and, and one one big. So us uh, starting three guards and, and a couple bigs. Uh, a lot of a lot of mismatches to have. And yeah, it was great to see Josiah take take advantage of that, get to the hoop. Um, you know, he was finishing around the hoop, which is what you love to see. When he did get fouled, he made the free throws. As you mentioned, seven for eight from the the charity stripe is huge. Uh, just love to see the Husker shooting well from the line. It's, it's, I think it bodes well. I'm sure we'll have plenty of close games like this. This one didn't necessarily come down to free throw shooting, but good to have that in the back pocket in case the game ever comes down to that. Mast also had a pretty good game, although the scoring has been down a little bit. He has a stat line of eight, eight and six. So kissing the, the edge of triple double territory, he goes four of 11 from the field did not make his lone three point attempt. Um, but Mike, he, you know, he's, he's had a little bit better rebounding and far better than he has been far better than he did against Rutgers. Although he did have five turnovers. So, you know, some good and bad with Mast, but the big story for me was Jamarcus Lawrence having a, a pretty damn good game, having 10, five and three going four or five from the field, hitting both of his two, three point attempts, played a much better game all around. And it's always a huge help if he can score in the double digits for us. Yeah, that was that was one of my big takeaways. I think Jamarcus had a really, really good game, a bit a big bounce back game. You know, in the previous episode, we were kind of asking what's you know what's going on with him, where's his game at right now? Because it's tough, as we said, not being in that natural position. But he had a couple of big threes. I think they the strokes looked confident. I'm sure it helps him. You know, just even mentally to see the ball go in the hoop, know that you know you still got it. Uh, super efficient. Yeah, four for five. He managed to get a couple steals on the defensive end too. So. Overall, great game by Jamarcus. Love to see it. Hopefully he can carry that forward. Tominaga had a pretty nice night, although they were japed all over him all game as we're, you know, I sound like a broken record saying that. He has a stat line of 14, 6, and 0, 5 of 11 from the field, hits two of his four three-point attempts, obviously hit that big dagger three that essentially ended the game. Uh, he was very active, though, Mike, with six rebounds. That was his uh, career high at Nebraska. Very surprising to see that, and I know he got a, he got a put back. 
on the offensive end um, down there in the stretch of the second half, which was pretty important when we were kind of having troubles getting the ball in the hoop. He got a backside rebound and was able to put it in, I think, as off of a mass miss, if I remember correctly. But, yeah, great game by Kese, as you expect. You know, you want him around that 14-15, you know, point region. Five for eleven shooting. It's it's pretty good. The two for four, as you mentioned, and obviously the big dagger, kind of a I think I said it to to you and a couple other guys, you know, kind of a big bailout because the offense wasn't looking too hot down the stretch, uh, much like the Rutgers game, but the the three pointer kind of washes that all away. Um while we're talking about some some players, I do want to give a shout out to Eli Rice. He came in and gave, you know, eight and a half minutes and he had two blocks in that time. And I know um, anytime he comes on the floor, obviously we talk a lot about, you know, he's a walking bucket and my main focus is watching him on the defensive end when he comes in, because that's kind of, even from the coaching staff, you know, once he figures out there's rotations and is a little more comfortable on that end, I think he's privy to some more minutes. So, uh, I thought he did a hell of a job on the defensive end. I just wanted to give him a shout out. You know, he had pretty low scoring, only four points and, and one rebound, but those two blocks, I feel like he did a pretty good job, um, staying in front of his man and, and then recovering when, when he did get beat. And Eli Rice, I think, only played eight or so minutes, but he made uh, four points in that uh, first half stretch where we were really desperate for points. Uh, it's all four of his free throws. He can't. He, Mike, he's just showing that he comes in and provides instant offense. And to me, I actually, ironically, I said this to my dad who I was with at the game. I said, "Hey, you know what? He can he can develop." And I see shades of James Palmer Jr. in his game if he you know stays here and continues to develop. And then I went through the uh, Husker Hoop Central shout out uh, post game chatter, and someone else mentioned the exact same thing. So. What kind of potential does Eli Rice have in a Husker uniform, Mike? Oh, I think he's obviously he's big time, big time freshman coming in. Anytime you can play as a freshman, period, um, especially in conference and Big Ten play, I think those are very valuable minutes as far as development goes. And I know the one thing that that really stood out to me is I feel like a lot earlier in the season he was kind of just a spot up shooter on the outside, sitting in the corner, you know. And he, to his credit, he'd make the threes. But uh, it seems like he's been working with the ball in his hand, and he's really been trying to get to the hoop, and he's been drawing foul. Like you mentioned, all four of his points came off of four free throws. He's been getting to the hoop a lot and kind of uh, attacking and, and looking for that contact, going up, going up strong. Uh, and I think that's something that the Huskers kind of miss. I, I feel like we don't have a ton of guys that can really do that. I think Bryce Williams might be the only one that I would I would point out to. But even then, I feel like he is almost more comfortable in the mid-range, um, pulling up or, or making a move instead of just – driving to the hoop and generating contact. So, yeah, no, I, I'm excited to see how Eli Rice continues to develop. I think he's done a fantastic job his freshman year here, contributing good, positive minutes every time he touches the floor. We talk about how Eli Rice has been you know, a nice offensive spark plug for what the Huskers are trying to do. Sam Hoiberg, another broken record, does his job fantastically. Has two points, six rebounds, three assists, make his, makes his lone field goal on the night. And, Mike, he's the unsung hero as always. Six rebounds and three assists in just 21 minutes is spectacular for the most lovable guy on the team. If you want to look at what Sam Hoiberg brought, you just have to look at the other side and see um, how poor a game Boo Booey had. You know, he's, he's the heart and soul of that Northwestern team. He, he's their biggest offensive threat. You know, obviously, running the point, he – starts a lot of their offense and it runs through him. Um, and it seems like every time Sam was in the game, he was, he was clamping him down, you know, boo booey ended up with what nine points, no rebounds. He seven assists is still pretty good because we were forcing the ball out of his hand a lot. But even when he wasn't forced to pass it, he only went two for 15 and it was a rough shooting, rough shooting a uh, night for, for boo booey. And I think a lot of that credit has to go to Sam and, and the defense he played on him. 
we played fantastic defense on Bubui and uh, their other guard, uh, Ty Berry. They both didn't have very good nights and were far below uh, their season averages. Chris Collins was very complimentary on the job that the Huskers did and says, this team's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I, I'm a big I, – I've always been a big fan of what Fred does. I think he's a terrific coach, and, and they're – you know, they've always been – really hard to guard and but but you watch them this year and especially in this building you know there's a grit to them there's a there's an unselfishness there's you can see it's a connected group and when you get in these environments it's a great home court you know great fan base you know they're cheering for their team so you get that support and you have a connected group that's playing with confidence and and they got a good group you know they got you know obviously we'll get a chance to play them again at our place I think later in the season but I knew this was going to be a really good team he's done a the two guys they brought in you know Williams and Mast have been great additions, just veteran guys who are winners and play really well and and fit their system really good. So um, I have a lot of respect for this team. I knew it was going to be a really tough game. And Mike, he talked about the versatility of some of the Huskers roster and, and some of the nice pieces that we've added over the offseason. Nebraska had five players in double digits and shot 55% from the field, which is our season highest and the second highest that Northwestern has allowed all year. Yeah, one of those guys in double digits was C.J. Wiltshire. We talk about him a lot. You know, coming off the bench, he's a flamethrower. The dude's just insane. I think you had mentioned he's shooting something like 44% from the up beyond the arc. Yeah, he finished with 10. You know, it's the 16th time, and I think we've played 19 games now, that we've had somebody coming off the bench and scoring double digits, which I think is very impressive. But, yeah, very, very distributed scoring. Uh, Very impressive. I would like to just – Say thanks to to coach there for giving credit to PBA and the home crowd. That was I was I was part of that this time, so I'll take my compliment and say thank you. Um, but no, the crowd was fantastic. Obviously, alumni weekend. Uh, it was you know a Saturday afternoon game. Pretty pretty much nothing a whole lot else going on in Lincoln. So glad to see a lot of people show up and get loud for for a big Husker win. And Mike, the trend line of this one, you know, there you could almost hear a pin drop at a point there late in the second half. I think we went four or five possessions with no buckets. I was a, another similar to Rutgers, about a five or six minute scoring drought. Alec had a quote to share on that and what how uh, this iteration of that scenario played out much different. And so, you know, after the Iowa game and then especially after the Rutgers game where it was kind of coming down the stretch in the exact same fashion this one was where we just had to find a way to get a stop. You know, our offense was all, all right. I mean, obviously, besides the ridiculous amount of turnovers. But, you know, the biggest thing was it's just like understanding that if we're going to finish this game, like it's going to have to happen on the defensive end. And so everybody just kind of understood that. And, you know, once we break this timeout, like, you know, we really got to set the tone from this first play. And I think there was like a stretch where we had three or four turnovers in a row or missed shot, like just bad shots. But we weren't giving anything up on defense. And so that's the only reason we were able to stay in this game and eventually obviously put them away. And Mike, you don't want to look too much into things like this, but I think we may have just seen the Husker team mature a little bit after what happened in the second half of that game. Yeah, I can only imagine what, what it was like in the player's head there. As you mentioned, it was you could hear a pin drop. It was pretty pretty quiet there in PBA for a bit when the offense was struggling and Northwestern was clawing their way back. I think it was 65-65 at one. I mean, it was it was tight. Um, and, and the guys didn't get tight. They, they stayed loose. You know, the offense didn't look great. But like like Josiah said there, it all started on the defensive end. They really clamped down, you know, grabbed boards. They weren't giving up offensive rebounds or second second shot opportunities, which was kind of a big takeaway from that Rutgers game, you know, securing the, the defensive rebound and 
ending the possession. So yeah, credit to them. I, you know, I think it's a, it's a big win kind of maybe to prove it to themselves that if they're in that situation, they can grit one out and get it done. Um, and, and they proved it to, to themselves and definitely to me. And I'm a, I'm a big believer. I think, you know, they learned a lot from this game and they can take that forward. You mentioned the rebounding, Mike, the Huskers won the rebounding battle against Northwestern by 14, by a tally of 40 to 26. And I think in you know, part of that was due to Nebraska shooting 55% from the field and 54% from three. But I also think that Nebraska turned the ball over way too much. So really the lack of opportunity for rebounding for Northwestern didn't even exist. Yeah, it's, it's tough to get rebounds if you're if you're Northwestern. You know, they only had 15 defensive rebounds. They had 11 on the offensive side. Yeah, only, only 15 defensive rebounds because we had 18 turnovers. They didn't have to close out possessions on the glass because they were closing out possessions by – taking the ball away. So yeah, no, like you mentioned, the Huskers shot really well though. Um, you know, seven for 13 from three and 13, I think that's like half as many three points as we normally attempt. So we were working the ball inside a lot. Um, a lot of, you know, a lot of points in the paint. I think Nebraska ended with 34 points in the paint. Obviously Josiah went to work early in the paint, but uh, it kind of proved to me that the Huskers could win in, in a different way, you know, that we're not necessarily used to seeing. Normally it's a, it's a hail and a rain of threes, um, to put the other team away, but to get, this was much more grittier, less less maybe um, of, of beyond the arc action and more down the stretch free throw uh, in the paint, stuff like that. And Mike, we mentioned in the Northwestern preview that they kind of specialize in trying to turn you over, jumping passing lanes, that type of thing. Well, it did lead to 18 Nebraska turnovers. Now, without a true point guard, our margin of error is so slim, especially against really good defensive teams. So Let's hope that that's a blip on the radar. The Huskers prior had taken pretty good care of the ball, just had been lackadaisical on defense. So it seems like you whack one mole and then another problem pops up. But, you know, that's it, it's always going to be something. You're never going to play a perfect game of, of basketball with a round ball and a round hoop. So. But, Mike, this win was massive, not just for momentum, but for our tournament resume, unfortunately. Uh, us beating Northwestern knocked them into quad three territory. Now I assume they'll get back into quad two. I think they're only two spots out, but you know, it's huge for the big 10 standings. This was the difference between being in fifth and 12th. As we sit here today, it's important for, you know, fan intensity and interest and keeping, you know, everybody involved. And it just, this one was so very important on so many different levels. No, very, very important, you know, tough, tough road trip, you know, to Iowa and Rutgers and, and to lose too, but to get a chance to, bounce back as we mentioned in the preview at the friendly friendly combines of the vault of, of the vault um to to manage to pull it out as you mentioned you know there it's a quad three i'd be shocked if it stays in there i think northwestern's a, a pretty solid team i think i saw that they were you know a nine seed or a ten seed in some of the the brackets uh that i saw in the last couple of days so definitely a, a high quality team and uh, i'm sure they'll surprise a few teams down the stretch here in big 10 play and Hopefully, you know, I think we match up with them here early, early February, we head up to, to Evanston and maybe we can take, take the season series off of them and, and sweep them. And the last thing I want to make note of is I thought this was a fantastic X and O's game from Fred Hoiberg and his staff. We were super efficient on both ends, uh, especially on offense. Um, again, you know, noting that 55% from the field number. Um, we shut Boo Booey down defensively, so we did as good of a job as we really could have on defense. There weren't too many lapses in general. They made a couple as, you know, in the start of that that first half, they were pretty hot. But I thought the offensive uh, and defensive coaching staffs did an absolute fantastic job in this game. And the big question now is can Nebraska keep this momentum and transition it into this an Ohio State game that's going to be very intense? Fred Hoiberg had a comment on that in his postgame presser. The challenge for our guys is to get over this one quickly. 
I told them, we're not dancing, we're not pouring water on anybody, we're moving on and we're going to get ready and have a business-like approach to our practice tomorrow against a team that had an unbelievable performance today. Had that game on in the coach's locker room uh, before the game. Ohio State puts you in a lot of really tough uh, positions, but um, you know I'm happy that our guys took care of business uh, today against a really, really good basketball team and, uh, and found a way to get the job done. And again, Mike, what uh, what an important win, but I really do think that this win is going to help in the maturity of this Husker basketball team. So let's hope that we continue to see uh, some development on both uh, the maturation side and the continuing winning, for lack of a better term. So wrapping this one up, Nebraska shoots 55% from the field, 54% from deep, 80% from the charity stripe, and has 18 assists to 18 turnovers. Northwestern on the other end shoots 38% from the field, 32% from three, 65% from free throw, and had 17 assists to seven turnovers. So we've shared our thoughts. Let's get into what you guys shared on Twitter. So Husker fans, let's hear from you. But before we get into that, Mike, I believe you have an ad sponsor to share. Yes, I do. This segment is brought to you by Tax and Business Consultants, providing all of the tax, accounting, payroll, and consulting that your business needs. They partner with you to specifically tailor strategies suited to you and your business. Committed to positive client outcomes since 1961, they have been relieving stress related to taxes in all forms. Their offices are located in Blair, Columbus, and Lyons, so give them a call at 402 426-4144 or visit their website at www.tbc.tax. That is T as in Tomanaga, B as in Bryce Williams, and C as in Coach Hoiberg, dot tax. Once again, that phone number is 402-426-4144. Go Big Red. Always want to thank everybody over at Tax and Business Consultants, Brett and Kelly, for helping us out uh, on the financial side of things. And again, if you're interested in uh, joining a sponsor shot on the sh- sponsor spot on the show, uh, make sure to DM us on Twitter or shoot us an email at scarletshootaround at gmail.com. Okay, Mike, let's get into it. Uh, starting off with Huskin Fanatic. He says, uh, do you remember yesterday when we stopped one of the best point guards in the country? Here's Boo Booey's season average compared to yesterday's game. Averaging 18 points a game held him to nine. Averaging 44% from the field held him to 13. Averaging 34% from three held him to 17. And averaging three rebounds, and he had zero. So again, Mike, what a fantastic job we did on one of the best point guards in not just the Big Ten, but in the country. No, like you said, I think um, credit has to go to the defensive coaching staff, honestly. I, f- I feel like um, Boo Booey was in a lot of pick-and-roll action uh, as, as the primary ball handler. And I think the defense did a great job of guarding him in that position. You know, if they're giving up looks, they're pretty, pretty tough looks. He didn't have a, a lot of open looks. And if he did, you know, we we're fortunate enough that they didn't go in, but getting the ball out of his hand, as I mentioned earlier, you know, he ended up with, with seven assists, but if, if you're going to make other people beat you on Northwestern, I think that's kind of the key to it um, is hold, hold boo booey in check. And we, we did a heck of a job doing it. Along with that comment, Sam Hoiberg fan club said Hoiberg played awesome defense on Bowie, referring to Sam, held him to nine points, best defense I've seen on him all year. And we've kind of seen the Sam Hoiberg in the defense against Jameer Young last year against Maryland, um, in the defense against Chucky Hepburn last year against Wisconsin, and now uh, against Boo Bowie. He's turning into a pretty damn good defensive specialist. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to say, I think he's probably one of our one of our best perimeter defenders, honestly. Uh, you put him on, on a guard and he's going to do the most to, to lock him down. So yeah, just... Shout out to Sam Hoiberg for, for his performance. Sam Hoiberg, a follower of the show as well. So if you're listening in, Sam, uh, well done last night. 
Uh, Zach Jamar says, great W, but this team desperately needs to find a person to get to the rim during droughts. The last two games, we've had far too many turnovers trying to get to the rim in traffic. They're not taking advantage of their free throw shooting either. Need to abuse teams when in the bonus. And Mike, I think all of those things kind of go a little bit together. You know, we're, you know, we're used to seeing James Palmer Jr. And Isaac Copeland and some of those guys from, from not too long ago, being able to drive in the lane, draw a foul at, at any you know moment in the game and really force their, their will on their opponent. We don't have that kind of guy on this team. Um, you know, I, I've, I seems like I make it a key of every game. Can we get the other team into foul trouble? Well, we, we've kind of kind of consistently struggled to do that unless it's just being a tightly called game in general. But as it goes for the turnovers, um, you know, again, th- I hope this is a one-off game. Northwestern specializes in turning you over, but uh, you know, 18 turnovers is not going to be something that's going to lead us to many victories, Mike. No, it's not. I, d- I do want to say though, I think, um, especially down the down the stretch there in the second half when we were in a bit of a drought, I feel like we weren't really settling for for a lot of deep shots. Um, at the shots that we got to take, you know, Sands turnover. I feel like we were attempting to get to the hoop, which I think is is a positive note, especially after the Rutgers game. I feel like we didn't, um, you know, drive to the hoop a lot. Well, it's a little bit de- different when you have Cliff Amoye guarding <laughs> the hoop for Rutgers, but. Um, yeah, I feel like they're trying to get to the hoop, but that, you know, Northwestern had active hands. They were reaching in they're grabbing the ball and, and taking it away, which credit to them. But I, I did think that that was a positive change. I like the attempt at least to, to get to the hoop and, and get an easier look or maybe draw a foul when we're struggling to get the ball in the hoop. So I thought that was a positive change, but yeah, I agree. I hope it, I hope it's a one-off. Um, definitely have to take care, better care of the ball. Yeah. 18. 18 turnovers is not going to win you a lot of games. It's just like against Rutgers where we had 25, you know, gave up 25 awesome offensive boards. It's another stat where you're just not going to win a lot of games. So happy they could pull it out, but definitely something that needs to be fixed. Connor Houston says another big win against a team who's had our numbers in years past. I believe we broke a seven game losing streak to Northwestern. So that's always nice to see, but boy, if I'm Fred, I'm absolutely laying into the guys about lack of hustle on the glass and lazy passes and ball handling. Nice to get back to even in big play, but we need to steal some on the road eventually. And Mike, he's saying something that is definitely not a secret. We have got to find a way to win a game on the road. Now, thankfully next one's at home, but at some point we're going to have to win a game or two on the road in the big 10. Yeah. You got to find, got to find a way. Um, it would have been great, you know. Minnesota had was a great opportunity. Rutgers obviously was a great opportunity um, coming up after this Ohio State game. We got Maryland on the road. Maryland's kind of been up and down this season, so I think it's another good spot. Unfortunately, you know, it's halfway across the country, so travel is a little tough, tough for the guys, I'd imagine. But you know, you got to find a way to win on the road. But uh, taking care of business at home is, I think, it's always kind of the first step. Uh, you, if you protect home court, that's, that's, you know, I think that's a, a good portion of the battle. Uh, and then just steal a couple on the road to, to kind of pad the resume, um, help you out a little bit there in the, in the conference rankings and, and see what you can do from there. Tyler Whirl says turnovers about killed us, but the men stepped up when it counted. Jacob Wright says we can't win away from Lincoln. He did love the throwback unis. Don Sauber, Sauberan said too many turnovers, better on the boards. Offense stopped cutting in the second half, but ecstatic for the win. So uh, a little bit critical of us, but again, a win is a win. Wizbang Hoops said uh, Sam locked down Boo Boo. It was beautiful to watch as we commented on. And Andrew Hansen says we obviously did a great job scouting Northwestern with all the pick and roll plays. Tomen Naga and Mike, when I tell you again, I was sitting by my dad for this one and, and uh, my younger brother. When Tomonaga made that shot, it was the nervous air in the vault for that 30-second that shot or 30-second possession, rather, was something that you see in movies. And that shot really, and I don't say this to exaggerate, but the shot really felt like it was in slow motion. I could almost feel myself crouching to try to see if it was online. 
uh, with the hoop when Tomonaga released it. But when that bucket went in, I turned and just hugged my dad. And I, there may have been a tear involved in that one as well. Obviously, a, a massively clutch shot. And I think you need guys like that as, as the season goes on. You need somebody that can make a big shot in a big moment. Um, I'm going to stick by it and be a little critical. I think it's a massive bailout. <laughs> um, the offense wasn't great down the stretch, but um, you know, great players make plays when, when their number gets called, and that's exactly what Tomonaga did. So, uh, yeah, all the credit to them. I'd love to see a score more than you know 10 points in the last nine minutes of the game, but uh, they, they got enough and, and made enough to get it done. So uh, a win's a win. Jason Palmer says, huge win without Juwan. Just keep finding a way at home, especially without him. And, Mike, I actually want to comment on this one. I, we, we talked about Alec and what a great job he did, he did, but pretty good job rebounding without what was probably our best rebounder as well in Juwan Gary. So hopefully we can get him back for Ohio State, but we did pretty well in his absence, at least for this one. Yeah, you know, we, we mentioned plus 14 on the glass, obviously the 11. Offensive rebounds needs to be cleaned up a bit, but heck of a job by by the. I think it was a team effort more than anything. You know, we don't we don't have anybody in double digit rebounds. Um, you know, Mast had eight, Bryce Williams had four. Uh, you know, you talked about Tomanaga with six. You don't typically see that. Sam Hoiberg had six from the guard position as well. So, real team effort to to clean up the glass. Maybe that was a bit of a focus after the Rutgers game. Uh, more more team focused rebounding. Everybody get for the ball. Maybe not trying to break out quite as much for easy buckets. And yeah, no, like you said, I think, I think Jawan is probably one of our better or if not our best rebounder. So to see him do it, you know, with, without him on the floor was, it was big hope. Hopefully he gets back soon. It sounds like, yeah, calf, calf strain and kind of day to day. So we'll see, obviously hope he gets completely healthy before he comes back. Don't want to, you know, risk re-injuring anything. So big, big to prove they can win without him, uh, but can't wait for to have him back. Haley Kroll says Josiah stepped up up big to fill in for Jawan. Defense got better in the second half. Got sloppy with turnovers and it nearly cost them, but a win is a win. So thank you for the comments there, Haley. Huskers Oracle says just a huge season defining win. Loss would have made this t- this season eerily seem like the 2019 squad, which faded into the NIT this year. And this team now has a different look and feel. And I tend to agree with that. Again, with a, a vast majority of scoring options, this team just feels a lot deeper and a little bit more um, not threatening to lose an injury and have something derail the season that way and then finally drew urban says big players show up in big situa- big situations and tomonaga was clutched today wish he got some of the same looks on tuesday at the end of the game fortunate to win with our scoring drought and open looks that they barely missed we can't overlook ohio state but whiskey game is looming large quality win and uh you know we just talked about how uh, we try not to look too far ahead you try to go into pods and things like that but before we kind of got into this last four game stretch we talked about between uh, the two road games and the two home games we need to try to go two and two three and one would be great but mike if we beat ohio state we get to that two and two number yeah wish wish it could have been one of them on the road maybe but yeah i think i think um i'm I'm not going to call it a season defining win or a season saving win obviously there's plenty of games left um, we know this team is resilient. They can bounce back, and I think they proved that here after a couple tough losses to to come back home and and get a big dub. So, um, you know, two games left in the January slate that we had kind of said will be kind of big for us if we pull out a couple dubs there. I think we end up five and three. I want to say in in January, which would be a pretty pretty great record. Um, if you had told me that beforehand, especially with a win over Purdue, which will be massive for the resume going forward, I'd be very happy. You know, if we end up with a similar number of wins in February, I'd be ecstatic with that too. And manage to, to get to, you know, 11, 12, 10 wins in, in conference. I think that's a pretty, pretty good number to shoot for maybe hopefully above 10, but, uh, 11, 12, somewhere around there. Um, I think that that'd give you a pretty good shot. So, 
Um, let's take care of business one game at a time. Obviously, the Buckeyes are a pretty pretty good team. They've had a couple big wins this year, so let's take a care of them at home, um, and then and then on to the next. So I want to thank everybody for sharing their thoughts because we had a Big Ten win. We will be giving out a sweatshirt for this one. And the lucky winner of the Big Ten win sweatshirt this time is uh, Husker Power. Uh, And he said that's a good Northwestern team we beat even without Gary. Continue to get more bench players minutes when Gary comes back. We'll be even better. Also, K-State continues to be clutch. So thanks for your thoughts, uh, Husker Power. We will get a sweatshirt out to you. If you'd like to participate in this section of our show, make sure you reply to our tweet that says, Huskers, what were your thoughts on the X win or X loss? We post them right at the buzzer of every single Husker game. Uh, right at the end. So make sure that you share your thoughts on there for a chance to be on the show and want to make a special shout out to uh, Evan Weekland, who posted a picture of himself with the sweater on Twitter, made sure to retweet it. Uh, Anytime anybody wears our merchandise and takes a picture of it, we'll make sure to retweet it and say, we love the fans because Mike, we love the fans. We We do love the fans. fans. We We only do it for the fans. No, I I mean, we want to, we want to be the voice of, of the Husker, the small, but you know, mighty Nebraska basketball community. Um, There's not a ton of us, but you know, if we get a couple more seasons like this, maybe there'll be some more and we can, we can grow a little bit, but yeah, no, love the fans, love the interaction. I love uh, seeing what everybody has to think about. Uh, wins and losses and and how they feel about it and how that compares to to what we saw so yeah love love the interaction love the fans so much and and thanks for all the support so that being said we'll move into our ohio state preview on the other side of the break you are listening to the scarlet shoot around podcast Okay, Mike, let's get into Ohio State. They are 13-5 and five on the year, 3-4 and four in the Big Ten. Ken Palm has them slated at 44th. They are 46th in the net rankings. Currently, they are 8th in the Big Ten standings. Notable wins for Ohio State include number 8 Alabama on a neutral court, 92-81. to 81. Number 91 Rutgers at home, 76-72 to 72 in a thriller. And number 94 Minnesota at home, 84-74. to 74. Notable losses for the Buckeyes include number 108 Penn State on the road, 83-80. to 80. Number 96 Indiana on the road, 71-65. to 65. And number nine, 79 Michigan on the road, 73-65. to 65. So uh, not many quality wins sitting there on Ohio State's uh, resume, which is why they're projected out of the tournament as we sit here today. But this plays as a quad one game for them and a quad two game for us. Uh, Ken Palm shows they are 40th in the c- in the country on offense, eighth in the Big Ten. Defensively, they are 61st nationally, ninth in conference, and tempo is 291st in the country and 10th in conference. So, Mike, again, looking at Ohio State from a bird's eye view, what do you take away from this team? I think the biggest thing that stood out to me, especially given the Rutgers performance um, and, and the struggles that Nebraska had with turnovers, is, is their defensive turnover percent. This isn't a team that turns the ball. Uh, turns the other team over a lot, I should say. Um, you know, they're 243rd in the country, um, only 13th in the conference. So, so next to last in the conference, turning, turning the other team over. So hopefully that bodes well for the Huskers, uh, taking care of the ball a little bit better. Um, you know, the other thing that stands out to me is they don't, you know, prevent other teams from shooting the three very well. Teams are shooting, you know, 38, 39% from three. That's 12th in the conference. So, you know, the Huskers shoot the most threes per game in conference. Uh, they'd shoot the most threes per field goal attempted in conference. So, you know, that kind of helps that kind of leans into what Huskers want to do. And hopefully they'll be able to take advantage of that. Obviously, you know, Ohio state's got a pretty good team. They're 44th in, in Ken Palm. So definitely not a team that you can, you know, snooze against and, and just wake up and 
roll out of bed and beat them. Definitely have to show up and, and perform to your highest. But uh, I think I think it's a good matchup for the Huskers. And again, we can't forget, or we'd be remiss to leave out that Ohio State won their preseason tournament. I forget who was all involved in that, but they beat Alabama, I think Western Michigan, and Santa Clara all in that event. So um, they did a really nice job there, really on a heater. I believe they got all the way up to 8-1 and one at one point this year and then had the tough road loss at Penn State. But they've been on a little bit of a cold streak here in January, uh, losing to Indiana, Wisconsin, and Michigan three straight before beating Penn State in their most recent outing on this past Saturday, a.k.a. yesterday. So they're going to be on a little bit of a short break as they come into Lincoln. But looking at their roster, Mike, they have some pretty good guard play. It all it kind of starts with Bruce Thornton, their point guard, a 6'2 sophomore, averaging 16, 3, and 4, shooting 41% from the field, 32% from three. His shooting numbers are down a little bit from last year. I think he was shooting closer to 38, 39% from deep last year. But he's still a pretty good defender, averages 1.4 steals a game. A shooting guard, they have Roddy Gale Jr., a 6'4 sophomore, averaging 14, 5, and 3, shooting 45% from the field, 29% from three. His three-point shot is down 14 percent from last year uh, but he did have a stat line of 32 6 and 5 against West Virginia game that went into overtime his only downside is he's averaging three turnovers a game so he struggles to take care of the ball a little bit and their biggest uh, third power that they have Jamison Battle the Minnesota transfer a 6 7 senior averaging 14 5 and 1 shooting 47 percent from the field a whopping 45 percent from three he was an honorable mention guy uh, all Big Ten last year at Minnesota, and he's a massive three-point threat, and he shoots a lot of three points in his repertoire. So uh, in their roster, Mike, is there somebody that I didn't mention that sticks out to you? I think the the only other one that, that really stands out to me is, um, you know, their, their big guy down low, Felix Akpara, I believe I'm pronouncing that right. Um, you know, he's, he's 6'11", sophomore. He's a, he's a big body down low. I know the Huskers have kind of struggled with with bigger athletic bigs down low, so We'll see how that works works out for the Huskers. Obviously, I think the biggest three you already mentioned, though, is Jamison Battle and Bruce Thornton and, and Roddy Gale Jr. I mean, that's it's a three-headed monster. Um, they you talk about Jamison Battle's shooting, it's it's incredible. So it's he's basically shooting just as well as you know you imagine a, a CJ Wilcher, except he's he's bigger. So um, pretty 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 big nightmare to to match up against. I think it's something they get best guard play. We'll probably see right after we said that about Boo Booey. So another tough. Tough matchup for the guard play, so um, the defense will have have its uh, hands full. But yeah, no, the, the, I think you you mentioned the the kind of the big three, Evan Mahaffey, I believe is how you pronounce his name. You know, he's he's a six six sophomore. He doesn't shoot a lot of threes. He kind of plays their their three spot. You know, on that small forward, he doesn't generate a lot. He doesn't score a lot. In fact, they're you know three hundred twelfth in the country in scoring from that position. So uh, not a guy that's going to score a lot. So. It really just comes down to those three that you had mentioned right off the bat. I think how they go is how Ohio State goes. You know, they're 227th in the country in bench minutes. They're not incredibly deep. Like I said, the, the defense is going to have the, their work cut out for them with those three. Um, we'll see what kind of game plan the Huskers bring. One other guy that I suppose we didn't mention, their uh, backup big, uh, their sixth or seventh guy, Zed Key, a 6'8 senior, averaging 9-5-1, shooting 57% from the field, 33% from three. He's their best scorer off the bench from an average standpoint, but his key is he's a very, very good offensive rebounder. I believe he's top 50 in the country in offensive rebound percentage, so something to keep an eye on there. Uh, and then they do have a really good freshman, Scott Scotty Middleton, a 6'7 freshman, averaging 5-2-1, shooting 38% from the field, 40% from deep. He was a five-star recruit, and I believe he's based out of New York, and he's their best three-point threat off the bench, so just kind of make sure that we keep an eye on him as well. But Mike, offensively, this is not a great shooting team. They're 
uh, short of expectations with what is on their roster. They're 140th nationally and 11th in conference in three-point percentage, 165th nationally and 8th in conference in two-point percentage. They attack the offensive glass pretty aggressively. They're 30th nationally there and 3rd in the Big Ten in offensive rebounding percentage. They're relatively a good free-throw shooting team at 51st nationally, 4th in conference, and they uh, do play at a snail's pace on the offensive side, similar to kind of what we saw with Northwestern, playing at the 282nd fastest pace, a.k.a. slow, nationally, and the 12th fastest pace uh, in offensive tempo in the Big Ten. So, you know, offensively, I don't think they're anything threat, but, Mike, this team is a defense-first team, and they have a couple defensive specialists that are both averaging over a steal a game. Big big worry. I, I think the the biggest worry for me, as you mentioned, kind of their, their three point shooting off the bench, um, and it's Scotty Middleton there shooting forty percent. The biggest worry for me is you know you look at Nebraska's numbers, and I think anybody that's watched you know a handful of Nebraska games has kind of seen our defensive game plan. We like to double in the paint and and force teams to beat us from deep. Nebraska's actually bottom in Big Ten in defensive three point percent and three points attempted per field goal attempted. So we're giving up a lot of threes and teams are making them, which is of slight concern. So we'll see how that matches up. You know, you mentioned that they're not maybe shooting as well as they would hope. And I guess we can hope that that continues. Um, it does give me a little bit of pause to, to see how many threes that this, you know, the Huskers are giving up on the defensive end. But but if it's working, it's working. Um, you know, if if. Roddy Gale shoots what, how he's shooting this year and not last year. Um, that'll be that'll be big for us, but we'll see we'll see how it turns out. They're 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 a solid squad, so it's going to be a tough go. So again, just going through some of the num- uh, defensive numbers that Ohio State throws at you, they don't defend the three as well as the two. They're eleventh in the conference in defensive three point percentage, but they're fifth in the conference in defensive two point percentage. They play pretty good defense without fouling. They're twenty seventh nationally and first in the conference in defensive free throws attempted per field goals attempted. Uh, they prevent assists on defense. They make you work really hard. They're twelfth nationally and fourth in the conference in defensive assists per field goal made. And they don't jump too many passing lanes uh, or turn you over much. They're 244th nationally and 13th in conference in defensive turnover per percentage. So we're hoping that this is an opportunity for the Huskers to get right on the turnover side of things, Mike. I guess the, the, the big worry, one of the numbers that we hadn't talked about is their rebounding. You know, they're third in the conference in offensive rebounding and they're third in the conference in defensive rebounding. So pretty solid uh, rebounding squad. In fact, their offensive rebounding is 29th in the country. So uh, going to be a big focus for the Huskers. I know in these last couple of games, um, the, the offensive, gla- the I guess defensive glass for the Huskers closing out possessions has been a little worrisome, a little, you know, um, it's been missing a bit, to be frank, uh, especially against Rutgers. So another another great rebounding team going to have to focus up and, and block out and secure the ball and those possessions. That's, that's another thing to, to focus on. This is a good rebounding team. So Huskers will have their handfuls there. Um, but like you said, hopefully the, the turnover bug, uh, this is kind of a chance for a get right game. Okay, Mike, so let's get into some predictions. Ken Palm is predicting a 76 to 73 Nebraska win. Torvik projecting a 75 to 74 Nebraska win. So Torvik actually a little bit lower on us, which has not been the trend this year. So let's have a projected spread of Nebraska minus three. Mike, where are you leaning here? I think I'm going to ride the wave that is Nebraska in Lincoln because um, 4-0 in conference at home. Uh, they, they just shoot lights out when, when they're in PBA at the vault and they, the crowd has done a heck of a job so far this year. I can only imagine how big they'll be for this Ohio state game, obviously on a Tuesday, not quite the, the Saturday matinee that we had for Northwestern, but, uh, I think the crowd's going to show up. I think they're excited about what this team's doing this year. I think the Huskers are a very tough go and they're even tougher at home, obviously. So I think, 
I think the Huskers pull this one out. I'd lay the points once again. Never this this is never financial advice. Don't don't listen to me and don't tweet at me if your bet misses or something. So um, I I'm seeing uh, somewhere around like I think I think the Huskers are going to shoot well from three as they tend to do. Uh, I think they'll score a couple more. I think there's going to be somewhere around like a 79, 74, 73. So I take Huskers by six or five. I think it's going to be a pretty close game. Another nail biter. I know my fingernails are not looking so hot after that Northwestern game. So hopefully the Huskers can help me out a little bit and uh, and put them away early and, and just hold on to a big lead. But yeah, I see I bet you a six, five, six uh, or five point win for the Huskers at home. I'm also going to take Nebraska, Mike. I think the Huskers have been lethal at PBA. As you mentioned, we're 12-1 and at home, which I think is the second-best record in the Big Ten, only behind Purdue, who has not lost at home yet this year. Ohio State has not won a true road game yet this year. They won some neutral sites, but they have struggled on the road in Big Ten losses on the road at Penn State, on at Indiana, and at Michigan. I'd venture to say that probably two, if not all three of those teams have lesser talent than Ohio State does, but they can't seem to get there. Uh, their own road bugaboo out of the way. So uh, I think that plays in the Huskers' favor. And again, I think Nebraska is going to need to rebound well. We cannot give up too many second-chance points. We've seen that. It was a huge problem at the at the rack. We need to make sure uh, that we control the offensive glass, don't give Ohio State too many second-chance uh, points. I assume they'll get a couple just based on them you know, building their entire offensive philosophy around it in a way. Uh, but Juwan Gary, even playing a small amount of time, maybe 10 minutes in this one, if he can get healthy, that uh, would be a huge advantage uh, for the Huskers in this one. My score prediction, Mike, 75 to 71 Nebraska, as you mentioned, in a nail biter, but most importantly, a cover. So that uh, ends our Ohio State uh, preview. On the other side of this, we will get you out of here. You are listening to the Scarlet Shootaround Podcast. So I want to thank all of you again for following and listening to the Scarlet Shooter on podcast. I think we just eclipsed 250 Twitter followers tonight, which is super cool. Um, we're about to eclipse 100 plus followers on Spotify and Apple. So that's also really cool. So the numbers are, are doing well. If you'd like to support us, uh, just make sure you interact with our tweets, like, retweet, and share your thoughts at every opportunity. Um, we started adding some more polls to our repertoire and some things like that. Uh, rating us five stars on Apple and Spotify goes a long way as well. So if you take the small amount of time uh, to go in and write a quick review on us. We'll obviously share any five-star ratings on our Twitter that we get on either platform. Um, so make sure you help us out there. Outside of that, make sure to follow us on Twitter to get involved in those conversations uh, to for a chance at the show, to get involved in our sweatshirt giveaways, et cetera, et cetera. On YouTube, Mike runs the YouTube and posts all the YouTube uh, podcasts up there a day or two after we post them on Apple and Spotify. So make sure to subscribe over there. And finally, uh, finally on Instagram at Scarlet Shoot Pod, where we'll post random miscellaneous photos that involve Husker basketball and the podcast. So with that being said, let's make sure we get a big win and keep this momentum rolling at home against Ohio State at PBA for myself. Blake and co-host Mike. Go Big Red. Go Big Red, baby.